Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Well, I'm just sitting there thinking that you guys are our Southern family. You are our family away from family, and you are our home away from home, and we are privileged to know not only these, this wonderful family, which is a wonderful example of Christ and the church, but, with, but a wonderful church. And uh, some of you may or may not have known me, but I'm amazing and awesome and incredible. <laughs> so now that's all you really need to know. <clears throat> uh, I, got, I just got, I got two, I got a word for the church, uh, and then I have a word for you guys, um, and then I want to pray, it's two specific prayers that you'll remember, because they're going to be right out of the Bible, I'm going to pray over the church. Uh, two nights ago, the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up and just started downloading into me uh, the word covenant, the word Covenant. It's not a word that we use very often, and it's a lost word, uh, especially in America. We don't understand what covenant is. You know, the breakdown of America, I don't want to, I'm going to preach you, I have to be careful. Stop, stop, stop. Um, the breakdown in America started, starts with the church not keeping covenant with God, and then it goes into the family and husbands and wives not keeping in covenant with each other, and then covenant families. You say, what's wrong in America? You have to go back to that. Once you begin to break down the covenant, everything else starts falling down. All the pillars start falling down. But I felt like what God said to me, for you, authentic church, and this may be a word more for the church, but specifically for you, like God said to me that in the next two years or over the next two years, the Lord is going to restore covenant love in authentic church and is going to teach you what it means to walk with God and with one another. And, uh, and, and that you, not that you're not doing that now, but it's going to go to a whole nother level over the next two years. God is a God of covenant. If you think about it, you have the old covenant and the new covenant. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, it says this, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is a God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant. We kept saying God is good. Remember we sang that this morning. You've been good to me. You know why? Because he's a covenant-keeping God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations to those who love him and keep his commandments. So if we're going to be the people that God has created us to be, we must be a people that walk in covenant love. We need to understand it. I'm not going to explain it all to you, that I'm not going to preach on that or anything like that, but I believe that over time that that's going to be, that's for the next two years, in your mind should be this the desire to know what does it mean to live in covenant with God and in covenant with one another, okay? And um, uh, one of the Best examples of covenant is found in the book of Ruth, right? I'm going to remember Ruth. She's in the Bible, right? Uh, and Ruth uh, was, you know, Naomi had and her family had moved uh, away uh, to, uh, from Israel 
from Jerusalem, and they, the husbands died, and they, she had two daughters-in-law, and one of them's name was Ruth. And so here's uh, Naomi. She loses everything. And she says, don't call me Naomi. Call me uh, what was Mara, which means bitter, because God has dealt a bitter blow in my life. And so she tells her daughters-in-law, I'm going back home to Israel. You stay here. You, you know, you're young. Find new husbands. Get, you know, great. And one of the daughter-in-laws says, great, I'm leaving. But Ruth said this, and they use this in weddings a lot. Ruth uh, chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And Ruth said to Naomi, do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me and worse if anything but death parts you and me. And because of her covenant, she made a covenant with Naomi, and she went back to Israel with Naomi, and she eventually uh, gets married to a man named Boaz, who has a, a son, who has a son who's called David, right? Kind of turns out to be King David, and Ruth, out of making a covenant, becomes a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Are you all there? And so if you want to be a flow of the lineage of Jesus Christ, then you must be a covenant people. You must be a people that understand how to keep covenant. I looked up what is covenant in the dictionary, just for fun here. It's a binding agreement by which two parties have bound themselves to fulfill certain conditions that will lead to certain mutual advantages. It's, it's a binding agreement where two people agree. You know that verse that says, if two be agreed, unless two be agreed, I think it's in Ecclesiastes, unless two be agreed, or Amos, unless two be agreed, they cannot walk together. So a lot of people today, you know, if you, I don't know if you watch, seen, you know there is the thing called the internet? Yeah, yeah I know it's this newfangled thing. I just discovered it. But anyhow, on the inter internet, sadly, uh, on YouTube and, and other formats like that, the body of Christ is eating itself. The body of Christ is attacking itself. And in my opinion, you know, and all the name of, well, I don't agree. If we don't agree, we're not going to walk together. That's not what that verse means. The verse means we're going to agree to walk together. We're going to agree to walk together in the good times, in the bad times, when we agree or don't agree. Listen, how many of you are married? Raise your hand. Okay, put your hand down. How many of you are still married? Okay, all right. Uh, how many of you have never had a disagreement with your spouse? Oh, nobody. Oh, you, oh one hand. I see that hand. No. <laughs> Quickly put down as soon as his wife looked at him. Okay. So we don't stay together because we agree about everything. We stay together because we have made a covenant, an agreement that we're going to walk together. Are you all with me? And so, and, uh, so uh, here's an interesting psalm. Psalms 15, verses 1 through 4, and I'll leave these notes with you so you can have this. Here's Psalms 15, 1 through 4. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? 
those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking truth from sincere hearts, who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends, those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises. Another version says, keep their covenant even when it hurts. Another version says they swear to their own hurt. So how many of you have ever been hurt? Three people, okay. The rest of you need to get born again. Okay, so if you're gonna be involved with people, you're gonna get hurt. You're gonna get offended, right? And so what we need to learn is how to swear we're gonna walk together even when we get hurt. Okay? You're not going to avoid the hurt, but the key to a long-term church that is, I believe, representing God on the earth is the ability to move past our offenses and our hurts and our pains and say, you know what, maybe they didn't I didn't understand what they were doing or saying, I give them the benefit of the doubt, but you know what, I'm committed, I'm in covenant with these people, and I'm going to walk with them until there's, I used to say this, we've only been in a few churches uh, some of them we pastored over the years. Uh, that's one of the reasons we stayed. Anyhow, uh, we've only been in a few churches, and we said, every church we went to, we said, we're here till we die. And so there's only two ways we're going to leave. One, we're going to get kicked out, or number two, we're going to get sent out. And so in each case, we were sent out and ended up here in California. But, um, but we understood what it meant to walk in covenant. I am committed to this local body. This is my family. This is my church. I am in covenant with them. Um, interesting, John 13. Now, why is this so important? Because of John, Jesus' words in John 13, 34, and 35. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another, for by this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have covenant with one another, if you have love, agape, for one another. He's talking to the 12. They all have different personalities. They all had opinions. They all wanted to be the greatest. I'm the greatest, right? John, who, who writes these words, says, I'm, God's, I'm Jesus' favorite disciple, you know, I'm the one that Jesus loved, you know. So these guys, they were in competition. You got to get the idea. The disciples all like were just in love with each other. No, they were in covenant because of their relationship with Jesus. Are you all with me? All right, just a couple more comments here. So let me just say that one more time. How is the world going to know that the church is different than the world? Because they're going to see a people who live in covenant with one another, who know how to get along, who know how to forgive, who know how to look overlook an offense, who know how to stay committed when the world is falling apart. What is the different? What is making those people different? Is because they understand covenant love. I know I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but this is a thus saith the Lord. So, walking in covenant includes things like, in case you didn't know, faithfulness. Uh, Paul instructs Timothy to teach faithful men who will be able to teach others. And so, if we're going to build 
the church that God's created us to be, then we're going we're gonna to build with faithful people. Are you all there? Everybody ought to desire, I want to be a faithful person. I want to be a faithful husband, a faithful wife. I want to be a faithful son or daughter. I want to be a faithful part of the church. I want to know that if they were looking for someone who is faithful, they could find me. So faithful people know how to make a commitment. Faithful people walk in integrity. They're not fake. They are the same. What what they are on the outside is the same what they are on the inside. They're integrated. Uh, Faithful people cover the sins and failures of others. Faithful people speak the truth in love. Faithful people see, as you said, I love it, the gold in one another. See the best. Took me a long time to to learn that because I'm half German and I'm half Italian. Oh, I love you, but I'll be critical of you. <laughs> Some of you will not get that. I don't understand. Okay. So, so, but I've discovered life is a whole lot more fun when you look for the gold in here. Look for the best. And that's what, 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 what uh, 1 Corinthians 13 it says, love believes all things. It doesn't mean you believe everything. It means you believe the best about people. Uh, a love, a covenant of love esteems others is greater than yourselves. A covenant love outdoes what is outdoing one another and showing honor one to another. A covenant love lets go of offenses quickly. It believes the best about one another. It guards the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. It avoids gossip, murmuring, and complaining. I all know that's in the Bible, by the way. Uh, and then lastly here in the scripture in Psalms 133, verse 1 through 3, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil that goes down on the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming down upon the edge of his robes. Like, it is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. I see three things that happen when a people... Now, how do we grow together in unity? It's not because we all agree. It's not because we always get along with each other. It's not because we never get offended. How do we get along? How do we walk in unity? Because we make a covenant with one another that we're going to walk. We have agreed to walk together. Are you all there? I'm not saying that God can't lead you to go somewhere else and all this kind of thing. I wouldn't agree with that. But anyhow, I'm just kidding. Uh, but what I am saying is that if we're going to build kind of people, and be the kind of people, and be the kind of church here, and a living church, where's it going to be? It's going to be because we understand covenant love. And when, so unity is caused as a result of covenant love. But we walk in covenant. So here it gives three things that are going to happen to the people that walk in covenant love. Number one, there's going to be an anointing on those people. Number two, there's going to be refreshing. The presence of the Lord is going to be there. Number three, God's going to command a blessing, not just on that church, you know, as a group, but on you individually and your family in everything that you do. Everything you put your hand to will prosper because you're a covenant person. All right, let's all say that word. It's a dirty word, right? Let's all say covenant. Covenant. Say it again. Covenant. Covenant. So that's the word the Lord gave me for you. I want to give it just a quick word here. To your pastors, which I believe applies to the church, and I want to pray for you. Uh, while we were worshiping, uh, so you guys believe in dreams and visions and all that? In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Sons and daughters shall prophesy, and women shall. I'm going to 
And I saw, it was kind of different, I saw a big teardrop come down while we were worshiping and come upon the congregation. It just fell on you. A big tear from heaven. And I wasn't sure if that was good news or bad news. <laughs> but then the Lord brought Psalms 126, verses 5 and 6 to me. And here's what it says, and this is for you guys. It says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed and sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I felt like God was saying that you have sown in tears, and now you're going to enter into the reaping the sheaves part with joy. And that is, that is a, there's a transition coming where you've been sowing, 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 but the reaping is about to happen, and, and uh, you know, as you sow in tears uh, and over what God has called you to do, and over your life, and over the hard times and the good times and all that, uh, that have happened up to this point, now the time of reaping is about to begin. Yeah. Better, I'll talk to you later about this, but get ready, get ready, get ready. Uh, we saw it happen in our church. Uh, at the, uh, we, uh, we transitioned our church three and a half years ago to a younger guy. And uh, in the last few years, we've, we've quadrupled in the size of our church and just exploding uh, with growth. It was years of sowing, sowing, sowing. And now here we are. Uh, we're reaping, reaping, reaping. And we're seeing people come from the north, south, east, and the west. And they're just radical for Jesus. By his That's what's going to happen with our family away from family, which is you. Come on. You have to adopt us as grandparents. I want to pray over you now. And the Lord gave me two scriptures so you can mark these down to remember, because you'll remember why I prayed, because you'll remember the scripture. The two passages of scripture that I want to, are we still good on time? I'm going to have them come up here. Say anything you'd like to say. You want to say something before I pray? Mom. It's my beautiful white man. Hi, family. I just am so excited to be here. First of all, we didn't have to come up and speak or do anything, but we just wanted to come here and be with you during this time of celebration because we know God is up to something really special here. And so in the midst of all of this, this morning when I woke up, I was thinking, first of all, it's 9-11 which um, years ago I had a different thought about 9-11 than uh, would normally even think about. And that was 9-11 is not a 9-11 for us, but it's for the enemy. That the church is gonna arise with, with such love and such power that the enemy is literally trembling at the fact that we are getting the idea of who we really are. And so this morning, I believe the second anniversary, and I was asking the Lord, okay, when is it about the second anniversary that is so special? And I felt like the Lord took me back to two instances where being two years old and younger was a really, um, uh, what's the word? Um, it's like a, a vulnerable time. And so I thought about not only the children that were born around Moses, but the children that were born around Jesus' time. From two years old and younger, the enemy picked them off. He literally took them out. And he said, I want you to look at the church. A church that's been planted, that seed is vulnerable the first two years. But 
There's something supernatural that's shifting. And I believe that's why we're here today, why we're going to be praying today. Because I believe there's an anointing that's coming upon you even during this time. And even maybe some of you that aren't here, that are supposed to be here, that are out somewhere else. But there's going to be a gathering anointing that's going to begin to take place. And a multiplication anointing. And I want to say to you, Authentic Church, you have run well. And that you've gone the mile marker of the second year. Which means there's something that's going to take root downward. And that's why I think this whole word of covenant love is so important. Take root downward and bear fruit upward. I think it says that in Psalms 115. And so I just really am excited because I sense the pleasure of the Lord. And I think, I don't know if I can even say this when he said that thing about the teardrop. Because I didn't share this with him this morning at all. I just wrote it down. When the teardrop came down, I think it was God himself saying, I'm so proud of you that you stuck it out. You didn't get offended with each other and run off and, you know, say, I'm taking my toys and going somewhere else. You're here. You're stabilized. And God's going to say, God's saying, you don't know how stabilized you are after this day. You literally, you're a 9-11 for the enemy. And he is shaking in his boots. And the unity that's going to happen and is happening because you've been walking through this season of vulnerability is going to begin to manifest itself and you're going to pinch yourself and say, I can't believe how good it has shifted to and how I'm seeing the other members of the church through different eyes. I'm seeing them through God's eyes. I'm not seeing them through what they aren't. I'm seeing them, as Pastor Jeff said, the goal of who they are. And I believe that even today, God is stirring up your hearts, not only to see people in the church the way God sees them, but to see people outside the church the way God sees them. And you're going to be a force to be reckoned with, is what I'm trying to say to you. And it's not my words that are saying it, it's the covenant-keeping God who looks down on you and smiles today and has such pleasure with the fact that you have stood the test. And even though you may not have known that the second year would have been a mile marker for you, that wasn't what you were after. You were after the heart of God just to say yes. And your yes has eternal ramifications in it. And one more thing I want to say, and that is that the earth is yearning. And not only the earth, but the church is yearning to see the manifestation of the sons and daughters of the living God. We here to see that. We want to see healing, signs, wonders, you know, declarations of the goodness of God and also followed by the demonstration of the goodness of God with people. They are so hungry right now. But also, in the midst of all of it, we want to see it. The earth wants to see it. The people want to see it. The, it says that creation groans. Well, what does groaning look like? It looks like people beating each other up in the streets. They don't have any rest. They don't have any peace. They don't have any sense of identity of who they really are. What's the big issue right now? Identity. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. There are 153 different genders now or whatever it may be because I'm trying to find who am I. And they need a demonstration of who they are in God's sight. They are God's treasure. And we have the opportunity to walk in the midst of them with the presence of that we're receiving on a daily basis and again, again in the congregation people flock in but people are looking out there and they don't even know it and they're crying out and we have to see beyond the outside exterior
exterior of the pride and look at the heart and say, God, what's going on with this person? And what do you want to do through my life to meet that need and show me you really are? So, anyway, if you want to pray. jobs 
in every good work. Number six, that they would increase in their knowledge of you, God. And number seven, that they would be strengthened, it's going to happen right now, with all might and all power in the inner man in Jesus' name. And that number eight, they would have patience with long-suffering, with joy. I pray these things over you now in the mighty and holy name of Jesus. If you agree with it and receive it, say amen. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.